You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Straight, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Big noon. It is noon. How is everyone? Christmas shopping? I actually went yesterday for five hours with my daughter. Ooh, low. Man. How are the lines? Uh, I'll tell you, at Costco, they were all the way down one. You know, they, they, you know, they formed down the aisles. But that place is amazing. It is. They get you through in a hurry. And their prices are also amazing. Yeah, you know, my daughter's a member. I'm not. I don't buy in bulk like a family of five does. But I was pretty impressed. I also went to the Galleria, which I don't think I've been in the Galleria in six years. Quite a pleasant experience. You know, you you worry about what's happened there, its history, but it was not. And I was just I shouldn't be, but I guess the the climate of today makes you think people are going to be mean. No, they weren't. The only people who were mean were people driving. <laughs> I want that parking place, and you better get out of my way. But uh, all in all, it was, um, and plus I got to spend time with my daughter. Uh, And let me tell you, as good an edge rusher as Christian Miller was, that's how she is as a shopper. (laughs) I mean, and... She takes it to another level. There are no numbers (laughs) left on her little debit card. (laughs) Just blowing through them. Anyway, Lars, you have um, been off doing research on your books and so forth, um, and you managed to get a flight, and I'm surprised that you're even here, to be honest I, with you. I am, too. Um, yeah, I flew to a couple different places and decided to make a pit stop in Nebraska, see some friends, and uh, it was uh, my flight this morning was at 5.40 a.m., so, you know, get up at, like, 3.45, and... Um, it was, I think, two degrees. What? Two degrees. Two. And now that's uh, not and, wind and, chill, and the, right? No, that's regular. That's it. That's it's two degrees. Um, and I don't, oh, let me I, just I, interrupt you real quick. These must be very special friends for you to take <laughs> two degrees. Yeah, and um, I don't own a winter jacket. What I'm wearing right now that's is what the I, warmest. He has I, an I, Anderson hoodie on. Yeah, it's a convenience store in uh, in in Omaha. It's called Anderson's. So I asked them how to buy it. Actually, some guy just gave it to me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just wore a sweatshirt. Got to be tough. Got to be tough. Don't no no more complaining about uh, cold weather and when it's forty degrees. Well, okay. But this weekend, uh, there are some reports that it could reach single digits. I think that's probably in the Huntsville area, but still. I also got to say, you know, I've I've traveled with all the different airlines, and it's my experience that far and away there is one airline that is superior to the rest. Southwest? Delta. Delta. Delta all the way. Really? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I was supposed to be have a a long layover in Atlanta, and I was just able to go stand by and and, and hop on the flight over to Birmingham that, uh, you know, I've, I've made this joke before. I've been going through Atlanta now for 25 years, 
And uh, when I die, my soul is going to go through Atlanta Hartsfield. It, it's going <laughs> to, that's where it's going it, it, yeah, it, it, to, it, it, yeah, it's going to be a, it, it, my soul's going to have a layover there because, you know, my whole existence is this one big layover in Atlanta. And that, I think that's ultimately where judgment will be rendered upon me is at Atlanta Hartsfield. Oh, it, okay. You don't have it before then because the old, one of the old sayings is whether you're going to heaven or hell, you're going to have to go through Atlanta to get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's true. And, it, it's what two hours maybe between Atlanta and Birmingham. That flight is just a hassle. It it's is. twenty five minutes. It took up, an hour for some reason today. I, I was talking to a guy next to me. He's like, "What is going on?" I guess you're but flying into the wind. There it must have been a strong headwind, and plus then we had to circle around Birmingham. But um, is it true that Birmingham civic leaders had a chance to land basically the equivalent of Atlanta Hartsfield? Yes, it is. Or is that just an no, urban that legend? True. That is true. And you know what? There are some days I wish they had, but there are more days I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. I don't want to be Atlanta. No. Um, if I'm going to be another city, I'd like to be Nashville. Okay? This is the busiest airport in the world. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible just to watch the planes fly in and out of there and imagine the, uh, I don't know, the tension, the cat. What's going on in the in the traffic controller booths? I can't. I know. It's, it, it's, it seems like it. Doesn't that profession have the highest rate of suicide? Of it's, yeah, I mean, I, I've read that. Anyway. Um, but, hey, you, you got to do TSA pre-check. It's so worth the, the money. I think it's like $180 for two years if you travel a lot. And then you have to be a Delta Lounge member uh, to uh, get into the lounge. Yeah, I was thinking about this. It makes this. it a pleasant experience. Yeah. Well, of course it does. You and Brando sitting there with your bourbons. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Everything's free. <laughs> uh, Christian okay. Miller's with it. I started thinking. It costs five. About. It costs five hundred dollars a year. So you know, you, you feel like you need to get your five hundred dollars worth every time you're in the lounge. Well. It, it seems apparent to me that you were spendthrift today. I didn't have time. I, I went straight uh, from, yes, I, didn't, uh, I did not hit the lounge it is, today. It is hard to pass up, though. Christian Miller is also with us, and I was starting to think about Christian. If he flies a lot, of course he has. He, he played college and professional football. But most of all his flights, Christian, didn't you fly charter? Yeah, yeah. It's better than anything. Yeah, we always, you know, flew with the team and would be escorted, you know, right to the terminal and get on the plane uh, go exactly where we're going. So it was, uh, you know, very, uh, very speedy process for us, um, getting in and out of places. And, um, yeah, we were, you know, obviously very, very fortunate to have that cause it, um, cut off a lot of time. So you didn't have to go through security. They would have security checkpoints at the stadium. Usually as you're, you're leaving the stadium. Um, so I guess it's almost like a pre-check type deal then. Yeah. And get on the bus. Pretty much go now, now. Sometimes in college, they'd have like select people uh, highlighted to to be checked. I think it was always randomized. Um, and so, if your name was on that list, you just step to the side. They do, um, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say an extensive check, but just a little more than you, you just giving them your ID and you're good to go. Um, it's kind of like you know they might actually look in your bag and just kind of wave you down real quick. But um, typically, yeah, if you, I guess it's almost considered like a pre-check type deal. It's pretty interesting. This morning at the Birmingham airport, they uh, the canine unit was training their dogs, and, uh, and and so they had like thirty different suitcases, all about five feet apart, 
and uh, some of them had drugs in them, and some of them didn't. And it was really like the dogs just bam go right to the ones that have drugs in them. Where was your baggage? <laughs> just kidding. That's a that's a bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Christian, was it was the travel much different when you got to the NFL? When it, just in terms of uh, comfort and uh, and ease, or is it about the same as Alabama? I mean, it's pretty much the same. I think probably any you know athletic team or sports team is going to be relatively similar. Um, and I, from what I remember, you know, I think. Uh, the NFL is same type of deal, you know, pretty much pre-checked, and then maybe a couple guys. Um, and again, it's just it's randomized. It's not like you know, oh, you look suspicious. We're going to check you um, extensively. It's just if you're on that list for whatever reason, you know, you might have to go to the side to get, you know, some some uh, you know extra looks, I guess. But um, yeah, no, pretty much the same, um, you know, in both college and the NFL. Just a, a quick story, not to name drop too much, but y'all know that Ken Stabler and I were really good yeah, friends, and yeah. we traveled literally across the globe together. But even back then, this is in like 94, 95, uh, there were security checks, particularly in Europe, and they did it the same way y'all are talking about. They, they'd get somebody. Every single time, we'd all be in that one line, just, you know, jetting straight through, and we'd look up and turn around and say, where's Stabler? He was in the check line. What was it about his long hair, his reputation, the fact that he always wore uh, black? But so we'd he, always he always look, got randomly yes, selected. He, we would always <laughs> look back, and we'd all be trying to get on the plane. Stabler just with that r- really great uh, snake grin go, Hey, I'll see you out in a minute. <laughs> uh, I've got a qu- you know, when I landed, walk out, I was overwhelmed by the smell of, like, campfire. What what is going on? Okay. Why, why does it smell like fire here? You, uh, I actually know the answer to this because it's been in Birmingham and kind of hovering over Birmingham. Yeah. For a couple of weeks. Yes, it has. And it, I think it started at the end of November. And I don't know. I can't even envision this. But in Moody, there is a landfill that is like partially underground or something, and I guess it's smoldering. And they are bringing in all these engineers and all these people to try and control this deal, but it has not stopped the odor. And it is, and even I'm sure before you left, sometimes it's just yeah, be a yeah. sunny day, and it's it's still hazy. And what I read, because I I did a dive onto it because it just seemed unusual to me. And if what I did and read is correct, it's because of a landfill smoldering. Yeah, east of Birmingham. Yeah, and and what it, it's like twenty miles away. Yeah, from right here, probably. Wow. Yeah, um, you really can smell it. Like it, at first, I I just thought I chalked it up to people having fire in their fireplaces, but clearly it's something different. Yeah, and that's um, it is. landfill in Moody on fire. Okay. Lars, what is tomorrow? National Signing Day. That's right. We're gonna let's see where uh, our partner is gonna sign. What are you going to sign? Christian Miller. <laughs> we want to go through his app. We want to go through your process yeah, of what happened. We want to dig day. deep into uh, your recruitment and uh, and also just talk recruiting moving forward. And for a lot of people, tomorrow, it used to be one of the biggest days of the year, but now it's just really early signing period. So. Oh, man. What it was 30 years ago was hell if you were a sports reporter. 
Yep. I mean, you're just trying to do way too many things in a very short amount of time. But we will go into National Recruiting Day. Coming up the bottom of the hour, we'll be talking with our old friend Mick Gillespie and then Clint Lamb from Bam Insider on 3 Sports will be joining us as well. That's all on Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Roll Tide. The best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. Seven. Tomorrow, a warmer day with a mix of sun and clouds, the high 56. And Thursday, becoming cloudy with a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Lars, Christian. Tomorrow is National Signing Day, I guess part one, right? The original was the third, oh, first Wednesday in February. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and that used to be a very eventful day. You remember the fax machine cams? Yeah. <laughs> and before that, you literally had to go from home to home, watch them sign. How did you cover that? Uh, you would assign uh, back in the TV days. Now, in radio, it was a little easier because you could use phones. Okay, but you can't. That wasn't cool to use phones when you were on TV. Uh, three of us would break up with a photographer, and we built up to okay. If Stan White's going to sign, that's how old I am. Hey, Stan. Um, and we would go there, and we would find out what time they were going to sign, and we would just hit them all for like 15 minutes, just best we could. Um, and then putting together was, that was, uh, it was organized chaos, but it was fun. Um, you got to work about 6 a.m. and you left about midnight. Okay, so I have my own opinion on this particular question, but I'll start with Christian. In the Nick Saban era, who do you think is the singular most important recruit? Him. Christian. <laughs> well, Christian's 1A. Okay. All right. Who is 1? <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not good, I'm not going to save myself. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I'm my biggest supporter, but I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, that's good. I, hey, you know, if, I'm, if you I'm, don't support yourself, you know, you may not have any support. Exactly. So. <laughs> no, no, trust me. I'm my biggest supporter. And, I, I, you know, I'm very proud of my accomplishments. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm also a very honest and realistic person. And I'll be the first to tell you, I would not classify myself as the number one recruit <laughs> during this era. Maybe in my eyes, but not not on uh, any other charts. But um, to answer your question. I'm looking uh, at it in terms of, like, what player really got it going for right. Nick Saban. Like, once, once Nick Saban landed this player, everyone was like, okay. I want to really take a look, a hard look, and go into Tuscaloosa. Yeah, if I had to uh, go off of... That criteria, I'd have to go with Julio Jones um, for yeah. two reasons. All day long. Yeah, because yeah. when he had come in and uh, from what the stories I've been told, he was just one of those guys that was like one of the main catalysts for the, the change of the mentality of the program, that dog mentality, just coming in and really just 
you know, changing the program and, and the whole identity of it. Um, I hear so many times about his work ethic, um, you know, him as a teammate and just how, and then obviously just how dominant he was um, for that team, you know, um, that he was, well, for, for, while he was a part of the uh, program here. So I'd have to go Julio Jones. And if I remember correctly, I, I've sort of written the Julio Jones recruiting story before, but he was headed to Oklahoma. And uh, Sam Bradford was there, and Sam would you know go on and win the Heisman. I believe he did. Sam win the Heisman and be the number one overall pick. And uh, and Nick Saban just went down to to Foley and and spun his magic in the living room, and he got Julio to uh, come on board. And I, I agree, Christian. Like, there's just some, Julio. Just he, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, to hear his teammates just talk about what an athletic freak he is, and he, I mean, he still is to this day. I mean, playing yeah. he's now playing for uh, Tampa, um, but uh, just it's like hadn't seen a wide receiver look like that uh, under in the Mike Shula era, Matt. Do you, do you agree? Do you agree with Julio Jones? Well, um, yes, I do. And I didn't at first because I, I rattled off a couple other names, and uh, one of them was Greg McElroy, and you corrected me and said he actually signed before. Um, but I, I, he was significant in the overall change of the University of Alabama football program and offense. Mm-hmm. But another guy, and I think you've mentioned this too, that I, I thought was significant is Josh Chapman. Yes, uh, Alabama needed somebody, and I don't think he uh, he wasn't leaning towards Alabama. He was committed to Auburn. To Auburn, and they flipped him, and he was the first of a succession of what eight? Yeah, D linemen that helped. He was the very, those defenses. He was, I believe, if I recall correctly, he was the very first recruit to say yes to Nick. And uh, one of the first things that uh, that Coach Saban did was get in his car and. Or somebody drove him up to Hoover, and that's where he, he talked to Josh, and and the rest is history. And do you know who his head coach was at Hoover and his defensive coordinator? Let's see, Russ Probst and Jeremy yep. Pruitt. Absolutely. <laughs> ding 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 ding. It's quite a pair. Um, that that's awesome. All right, hey Christian, walk us through what was your signing day like. Real quick, Matt, before I answer that, I just want to just give a quick little shout-out to uh, the, my friends over at the, the Good Feet store. They're, they're newly opened over in Midtown, and uh, I went in there yesterday. I'll, I'll be a part of their grand opening here soon um, in early January, but really phenomenal care. They, they You go in there, and they offer, like, these personal fit arch supports, and, and they already are making a huge difference on my feet. Just wanted to give them a quick shout-out real quick because they took great care of me yesterday, and I really enjoyed that. Um, Where are they again? You can find them in Midtown in, in Tuscaloosa, uh, the little Midtown Plaza. Um, again, this, the Good Feet store. If, if you have any issues with you know how you know walking, you know knee pain, joint pain, with you know hip back pain, any of that, it usually can be alleviated by um, you know altering you know the, the weight of your feet where, where you put most of your weight, and that's what the the purpose of these uh, these arch supports they have, and they're, they're personally fit for you. They, they scan your feet and they do all type of cool stuff. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll trust t- me as, oh, good. 
as you get as you get older, Christian, <laughs> your feet start to hurt. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. If you're if you're if you're on your feet a long time, it's like uh, your, your so arches. I'm old. They hurt when I lay down in bed. <laughs> um, well, I played football but, over twenty uh, years to combine. I started at around the age of four. So, <laughs> I uh, yeah. yeah. And cleats are not good for your feet, by uh, the way. No, um, they're just not a good way to walk around or run around or tackle. But okay, anyway, back to your signing day. That's right. So so well. Do you want to talk about my signing day or when I first started getting recruited? How about when you first started getting recruited? I'll when, start when there. When did you get the, like, the, the first letter? Yeah, I'll start there. So my sophomore year, I was on varsity. Freshman year, I broke my elbow uh, before the season, so I, ne- I, ne- I never got to play football that season. Ouch. Uh, yeah, my own teammate tried to tackle the same guy as me, but he ran his helmet through my arm and broke my elbow. I had to get surgery, so I was out that year. Sophomore oh, year, I played. Friendly fire. Friendly fire. Friendly fire. And so like, sophomore year, I'm playing varsity. Um, I had a pretty solid season, but, you know, I still was developing, you know, again, it was my first year playing high school football. Um, but it supposedly caught the eye of some programs. I started getting some interest letters and, uh, from, you know, from some ACC school, South Carolina, uh, as SEC school, but like Virginia Tech, Clemson, those schools started recruiting me first. I went to the Nike Spark Combine is that's what it used to be called. I think they only call it the opening now. Um, and long story short, um, I put up some good numbers there. Then I got invited to the Nike football training camp um, after that. And um, again, Virginia Tech and Clemson started recruiting me more and more. And I attended a Clemson football camp um, that summer going into my junior year. And that was when I received my first offer from from Dabo Sweeney, which was pretty interesting because, you know, my dad was in South Carolina legacy. And uh, (laughs) but he was, you know, he was just so happy and proud that I got my first offer. He didn't even care it was from Clemson. It was just funny to hear that because he had always hated Clemson. But he was I think he was more proud that, you know, I got that offer from them. And then he almost was kind of insulted that South Carolina didn't offer me. And they were the first ones to offer me. (laughs) But um, anyway, yeah, kind of continue from there. Then uh, I feel like probably a month or two later. Uh, Alabama came in, started recruiting me. Chris Rump, um, he was a defensive line coach at the time. He was the main recruiter for me. And it kind of picked up from there. Um, throughout my junior year, I started receiving more offers. Got offers from the SEC schools, uh, South Carolina, you know, Florida, Georgia, you know, some ACC schools as well. You know, um, I mentioned Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Florida State. Um, you know, just basically uh, pretty much all the Southeast schools started coming in. And um, uh, I ended up committing to Florida um, in the spring of my junior year. And I kind of rushed that commitment. And uh, I did that because I was still was waiting on my Alabama offer and they hadn't given me one yet. So I just kind of felt that I wasn't as much of a priority as I originally thought. Um, so I committed to Florida and I think I might've told the story, but I'll say it again. But basically, uh, coach Saban, you know, called me that next day and, and he was <laughs> pretty pissed off, I guess, at coach rump. Cause he was like, what, what happened? Why don't y'all just let this guy commit to Florida? And, uh, basically he told me it was a mistake. They, they, um, didn't get a chance to, you know, cover all the criteria that they usually cover. Um, cause also I'd gone on a trip to Tuscaloosa and I was expecting an offer. They had told me they were going to offer me when I came and I don't think I'd ever got it. And so, yeah, uh, Alabama ended up offering me not long after that. And they said, respectfully, they want to continue to recruit me, even though they respect my commitment to Florida, but they want to continue to recruit me. I'm glad they did, because um, then in the end, I ended up decommitting from Florida. And then I boiled it down to three schools, Alabama, Georgia and Florida, ultimately chose uh, Alabama. I think I committed uh, in the summer of going into my senior year and I didn't take any other visits. I only took my official visit to Alabama. Uh, I know all these kids say, oh, I'm a thousand percent committed to a school, but I actually was. I didn't even talk to any other schools after that pretty much. 
small amount of contact with Georgia, but I was, you know, committed to Alabama and ended up signing on signing day, and uh, the rest is history. What was it about Alabama that stood out to you uh, that, that, that sort of was the deciding factor? There are several factors. I remember um, I was uh, a, a big fan of Coach Cochran because at the time I was 205 pounds. I knew I was going to need to put on, you know, at the minimum 20 pounds when I got to, uh, to college. So um, he was a big proponent in that, knowing that he could you know, help develop me physically into the athlete that I needed to be um, in order to be effective at the next level. Um, you know, the fact that Coach Saban had so much success um, prior and, and, and they still had continued success going on. I wanted to be a part of that. I knew um, that I'd be, be my coach in college would, would end up being <laughs> the greatest of all time. And how can you turn that down? Why would you, why would a kid, you know, not want to be coached by the best coach to ever do it? And I felt like that was too hard to pass up. And ultimately, I just told myself, look, I know Alabama has a reputation for being, you know, the biggest, the baddest, the strongest, the fastest, just the, the, the ultimate competitors in terms of football. And I told myself, if I can go there and compete with the best of the best and insert myself in, in, that, in that environment, then ultimately I will, I will become one of those guys. And uh, that was my plan. And I feel like that's what ended up happening. I got here. I put on I ended up put on 30 40 pounds i left here at 245 pounds walked away with two national championships was voted team captain my senior year four sec championships i uh, ended up being a fourth round draft pick so um it worked out great for me and uh, that's what i wish for all these guys um moving forward that end up signing tomorrow hope they, they choose the right place i can offer them success like alabama offered me i'm still curious about the actual signing on the dotted line and also i want to know how you put on that weight I know that it was under the direction of the University of Alabama and it was done correctly, but still, I'd like to know. Miss, coming up. Miss Amy Bragg, right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming up, though, we got Mick Gillespie on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. This holiday ad will be over in 27 seconds. Unlike the new Duracell battery with power boost ingredients that can last 19,976. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Blixin' and blixin' and all his reindeers pulling on the reins. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Lars, Christian, Joe, Josh. The gang is all here for Christmas. Mick Gillespie is joining us uh, to talk about Alabama Christmas and signing day. Mick, it's been a while, but the gang is here. I'm sure you're familiar with our cast of characters. How are you, man? Hey, great to hear you guys again. And, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to all you guys. Um, what was signing day like for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do a lot of stuff, you know, on the, uh, on the Bama Insider site. Uh, signing day is basically last year we did an all day show on a YouTube channel. And as guys were coming in, you know, we were, we were kind of just going, I think it was like an eight hour show. Uh, and that was really something, you know, I mean, just as, as commitments were coming or maybe we weren't sure about someone. Uh, Andrew Bones, I think the best in the business of doing it. And, uh, you know, he's kind of the leader and all that. 
Uh, I think tomorrow we're going to do more of a, you know, as guys commit, throw up of uh, a video about them, you know, with commentary. And then uh, Thursday we'll probably do some kind of a recap. Um, signing day's different now, guys. I mean, you know how it used to be. I mean, signing day was basically you had the number one class and it almost guaranteed you a national championship. You know, with the transfer portal and NIL, you know, it's still important, but it, I don't think it's still, it has the impact that it used to, although it's still really important if you want to win a championship. So right now, uh, according to On3.com, and I think they do a great job with recruiting, uh, Alabama's one, Georgia is two, Miami three, Ohio State four, Notre Dame five, Texas six. But what's also really interesting is On3 gives an average NIL amount. And for Alabama, and I'm not sure how that this number is acquired, but uh, Alabama, the average NIL is 136000 um, Texas, 290,000. 290? 290. Georgia, 108. And let's see who else is pretty high. Tennessee, 104. USC, 124. Texas A&M, 114. But anyway, Mick, your, uh, just your overall thoughts on, on where Alabama is right now. And, uh, and, and, and perhaps is there, uh, are we, in store for any surprises tomorrow? Well, look, um, one, one cool thing, I mean, going back to you saying that you like on three, I think it's cool that we like put also like the ratings of each player that the other sites have, you know, it used to be where, you know, you didn't talk about 24 seven arrivals or ESPN or whatever. We put them all on there and then give you the average, you know, with, with what our experts put out there too. But there's a couple guys that are, Going together, two five stars out of Carver Montgomery. If Alabama gets those two guys tomorrow, I think that it's going to be a, a phenomenal class, right? I mean, they're the number one recruiting class, but when you look at the rankings where they are right now, they would have been fourth last year. But there's still some big time guys that are out there, and you know we don't really know where they're going to end up. So I would say, you know, there's there's a possibility uh, that Alabama could end up with you know three. Uh, five stars tomorrow, maybe even a surprise in there. Um, they, they're working on uh, an offensive lineman that's trying to flip from Iowa. You know, they got the two guys down in, uh, in you know, in Carver Montgomery. The fact that Hugh Freeze is in the mix and Auburn is a school that's got NIL money, you know, anything can happen between now and then. Um, and I think after this signing day's over, look for Alabama to be really active in the transfer portal. I think that the reason why you haven't seen you know, a whole lot of offers is that they're trying to get past this to move to that. But from all intents and purposes, I think it was a great sign to see that uh, you know Bryce Young and then the rest of the guys decided to play in the bowl game. And I think that just shows you that Nick Saban still has the you know these guys uh, committed to playing football and doing the things that it takes to be successful at the process that, that, you know, even as kids have changed, they still appreciate the structure and the culture that is Nick Saban, Alabama. And so I'm expecting tomorrow will be a really good day for Alabama. I think that they're going to finish off what they started with the recruiting. And there's a couple of guys that are probably going to lag and sign on Thursday. So by the time that we go on BamaInsider.com, I'll We'll have a lot of this stuff sewed up. 
Mick, you mentioned the the few guys that Alabama could acquire additionally tomorrow that um, haven't committed yet. But is there anybody on the commitment list now that could be a potential threat to jump ship or uh, sign elsewhere that that we might not know of right now? You know, there was the, there was the offensive lineman Paleo who was out of California, and you know he was a three star guy, but he was really good. They're they're trying to get bigger and uh, a little bit bigger and stronger up front, you know, instead of being a little more nimble on the offensive line, as you guys know. And uh, I think he would have fit that. Um, but you know what? He's kind of backed off his commitment and is uh, is going to go to Arizona instead. Uh, I really haven't heard of anything to be worried about. The running back out of out of Georgia uh, came out last week, and he's like, hey, look, I'm staying at Alabama. You know, I'm not taking any more visits. So I don't see that. I think it would be a, a, a it would be quite a surprise to me if we go in tomorrow and some of the guys that have said they're coming to Alabama end up backing up and and and, and flipping. I don't I don't see that. But look, as you know, you've been through it. I mean, that's what signing day is all about. You know, yeah. if we know about it, then you know that that the coaches know about it. So they, they would do whatever they could to uh, to try to keep that from happening. But from our indicators, you know, just just. Paleo, the offensive lineman uh, down in, in, in California that went to Arizona or says he's going to Arizona. That'd be the only one I know of. Is there anybody or any position, Mick, that you see Alabama really going after in the transfer portal? Well, too, I mean, I think that they've got to sure up the offensive line. And, and part of that in this class could have, you know, five offensive linemen in it. Um, but at the same time, they lost a, a whole host of offensive linemen in the transfer portal. You know, and, and we speculated that maybe part of that is trying to find people that fit, you know, Alabama's offensive line philosophy, you know, with their coach going into his second year now. And the other part of it is that trying to find the, the, the Alabama standard, you know, and, and maybe being able to run the football a little bit more and being a little bit more physical on the offensive line. It's something that the Tide got away from that they need to get back to. Uh, you know, and when you look at Georgia over there, kind of stealing Alabama's identity, right? So I think that's one position. And then the fact that all these wide receivers left tells you that that's another area where Alabama, you know, it's not like they're chasing hard to keep these guys. So there's probably a reason there's some talented guys that are leaving, going to other programs, and you wish them the best of luck, right? But I think that in the transfer portal again this year, you could see Alabama really target some big-time guys that can catch the ball, and particularly catch the ball in traffic, guys that can make plays even when they're covered, because we didn't see that this year with Alabama. And that's something that we've probably got uh, a little bit too comfortable with because, you know, how many years now have we had guys go all the way back to Julio? You, you just throw the ball to them, and there's a pretty good chance they're going to catch it even if they're covered. Mick, can you hang around for another break? Oh, of, of course I can. Love You're a good man. Mick Gillespie from On3 Bama Insider is our guest here on Big Noon Sports. More in a moment. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Roll Tide. The best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen, and galaxies are a huge... Tomorrow, a warmer day with a mix of sun and clouds, the high 56, and Thursday, becoming cloudy with a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Lars, Christian, and our guest is Mick Gillespie. Mick, uh, I do think Alabama is going to land uh, the five-star tackle, Caden Proctor from Iowa, and I think he's only will be the second player from Iowa that Nick Saban has uh, recruited. The other was Piersbacher. Ross Piersbacher. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that uh, Alabama is bringing in these really big dudes on the offensive line, is that a reflection or almost a, a, a tacit admission that they missed on a, a few guys? Uh, you, know, the, the, you know, I'm not going to get into the names, but that, that, that there's just a, a gaping, some gaping weaknesses there. Uh, I don't know that it's that they missed on the offensive line. I think that the philosophy is just different. You know, like I think that they're get they've got to get back, and they probably feel this way. I mean, and you know, my gut feeling is that Alabama's got to have bigger guys that can run the football. They're watching what George is doing, which has always been Alabama's mo, and that's push your will at the line of scrimmage and and you win and lose football games running over teams in the fourth quarter, and that's just not what we've seen now. I'm not saying it's at the, the, the offense, but obviously that they're trying to go a little bit bigger tells you that, you know, that they feel like that's something that they need to get back to. I think that the smaller offensive line's great with the spread, but what happens is, you know, you don't need, we, we, we're seeing that you can still win the way that Alabama always won. I think you still got to score points. But Georgia's going to win the national championship again this year. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to even get, come close to stopping them. And it's going to be playing Alabama football. And I think that they're going to, going to try to get back to it. But I don't necessarily feel like the guys that they had aren't good. I just think that they just that they're they're changing their philosophy a little bit. Mick, give us one recruit if you had to pick one that's going to come in and create that instant impact in this yeah, class. That's a good question, man. Yeah. Look, you know it's going to be someone on the offensive line because I think that when you look at what these guys, are, they're going to get opportunities, you know, to be able to come in and uh, and 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 play right away. I mean, when when it, Will Anderson signed, you know, we're all looking around and we're like, you know, I don't know. We knew he was going to be good, but you didn't know that there was going to be a whole lot of hype. And then all of a sudden, practice happens and no one can stop him. You know, yeah. Um, so you wonder like. Which guy is it going to be that's going to step up and and make a big impact? You know, I, I don't know yet, um, but I'm guessing that if you said what position group, it's got to be one of those five guys that's going to come in and kind of fit the mold. You know, uh, that 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 they want to do with the, being able to run the football. I, that would be my guess right now. Um, hey, we got a call. Let's take okay. a call. Pat wants to ask you a question. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. 
at 205-342-9904. And Pat, you got a question or just want to talk? Yeah, well, good morning. We'll talk yeah. Some, yeah, we'll talk some recruiting out of there. Uh, from my hat boots on the ground in Oklahoma, and I understand that Micah Tease has finally uh, decommitted from Arkansas. I didn't think he was going to Arkansas in the first place. He's been to Alabama. He actually stayed with me when he came to Alabama. But uh, this kid's a four-star uh, corner slash wide receiver, punt returner, does a lot of different stuff. But uh, I'm understanding that Jimbo has been in to uh, see the young man and uh, and that he's got uh, – now has Colorado uh, – Texas A&M and Alabama in his top three. But I don't think Nick has a whole lot of interest in this guy. Uh, do y'all know anything about Micah Tease out of uh, Oklahoma that was uh, committed to Arkansas? I think that's the best. I, I uh, haven't heard of go, go to Mick. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of him either. Yeah, no. uh, yeah like, okay. that's an Andrew Bone question. Sorry, Pat. You know, like, I'll tell you what, yeah. if, if you Catch our recruiting show tonight and, and uh, message that Bone would have the answer. You know, like that's yeah, why. Yeah, well, yeah, like I said. Yeah, like I said, I got I got some boots on the ground out in that area, Tulsa. He's from the Tulsa area, and uh, they uh, but he's a top athlete in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, there's not many more uh, that's any better than him. Uh, Cole, he played against Cole Adams, and uh, but. But anyway, hey, you fellas have a great day. I just wonder if that's going to be one of Jimbo's uh, four stars that have him add on to his class. Anyway, hey, y'all have a blessed day, fellas. Thank y'all. You Thanks, too, Pat. Pat. Thanks, Thanks for your call. Thanks, Pat. Hey, Mick, uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Hugh Freeze and what he's been able to do in three weeks down at Auburn and, and trying to cobble together a class as fast as he can. Yeah, and look, let me go back to Christian's question. I should have thought of this right away. Keon Keeley's my guy that's going to make the biggest impact on Alabama in this recruiting class. I don't know why I wasn't thinking about him right off the bat, but when he committed last week, that's, that's a big dude that's going to have a spot chasing quarterbacks around. So keep an eye out for Keon Keeley uh, in, this, in this class. But, look, uh, Hugh Freeze has resources. You know he knows how to recruit. Uh, he knows how to coach. And um, I'm really curious to see if he's able to get those guys, the two guys from Carver, Montgomery, Russo, you know, being one of them. And they said they're going together, you know, like they're, they're going to the same school together. Alabama's been the front runner for them the entire time. But you got to figure if, if you're Hugh Freeze, you're looking to make an impact in the state, you know, those would be the two guys who right off the bat that if you threw maybe a little extra NIL money at them, they come, you know, and that's something that we're seeing a lot, too, in the recruiting process um, where, you know, schools are finding this NIL money for these guys. And, and uh, you know, it, it comes down to a couple places and the, and the money pops up and, you know, and, and look, I mean, that's the way that it goes, you know. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to know, like, what a team, a player's NIL value is because, Behind the scenes, that's part of what's going on right now as far as guys committing. And I, I guess it probably always did, but it's just out in the open now. So um, Auburn's got money. Auburn's got – are also hungry to win. And I think if there's any surprises around the country on uh, uh, tomorrow, I, I think Auburn would be one of those places where – If they didn't pull a couple guys you didn't think they were going to get 
and then I look for them to be really active in the transfer portal. Quick question. We got a minute. What did you think about Bryce and Will deciding to play in the Sugar Bowl versus K-State? Yeah, look, I love it. I love it. I think these games are important. Um, they're, they're paid. You know, it's not like you're not paid anymore. Uh, but it also really shows what Alabama football is all about. And I got to tell you, I love the fact that so many national people are so angry because it just shows you that Alabama is still relevant. And those guys putting the program ahead of, you know, sitting out and watching the game on TV, um, this it, it, Saban's not dead yet. There's still some juice left in the tank, and um, it's been the players that have made this the program so special. These are two of the best guys, him and Will Anderson, that Alabama's ever had, and I'm really proud of them for putting the program where they did. And I hope them nothing but success and health. Hey, have a great Christmas. Great to hear you guys. Merry Christmas and roll you time. You too. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Mick. I've got some uh I got some more questions about this NIL. Oh man. Um it's just and and I think we all have concerns and Christian may have the most concerns with it and he's got closer to it. <laughs> um and unfortunately, he wasn't <laughs> able to take advantage of it. So uh, that's all coming up in hour number two on Big Noon Sports. This holiday ad will be over in 27 seconds. Unlike the new Duracell battery with power boost ingredients that can last 19,976. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. And Christian Miller. It is a blustery day in Alabama, my goodness. Welcome into the program. Glad you have dialed us in and um, our affiliates around the state, Aniston, Gadsden, Birmingham, Alabama, and Tuscaloosa. I wanted to go back to signing day, which is tomorrow, which is not nearly the big deal that it was even four or five years ago, but certainly now um, you have to. It, it gets split up. But this is the initial one. This is where you hope to get, what, 20 out of the 25 that you've extended offers to. But, Christian, I wanted to know, because when I was a child, I would look in the newspaper, and I would see Duffy Bowles. He was a star running back at Huntsville High School signs with Alabama and there would be a picture of him in the newspaper and he'd be actually, you know, he'd have pen in hand and he's signing a document. And I guess now you do it all electronically, but, uh, and it would have his, like his football coach and then his, his parents, brother, a sister or something like that. Was that scene anything like yours when you signed with Alabama? You want me to be honest with you, man? I, I wanted the least amount of attention. Um, <laughs> Even when they did the Under Armour All American Game ceremony, you know they wanted to hold a whole ceremony in the auditorium or the the gym at my high school for me, and I turned it down. I asked him if I had to do it, and uh, my coach kind of made me do it. So I tried to just get up there, accept the jersey, and be done with it. I, I just never have been you know a big fan of you know having all that attention on me. But uh, for signing day, you know, I just joined my my fellow teammates and uh, several other athletes from my high school that were signing and uh we just signed our letter of intent 
Um, it was, you know, again, it was a good celebratory thing, but I, I actually enjoyed being able to do it with my teammates, um, you know, that I, that I worked hard with that, that, that earn, um, their respective scholarships. And, uh, I enjoyed it that way. It was nice and simple. Signed my name, sent it off, I faxed it over and, uh, had the process over with. I knew where I was going. I found my new home and I was ready to get to work when I got there. Um, so I didn't have one of those, you know, electric signing days where I'm, I'm playing around, fiddling with different hats and, trying to grab all this attention and, and I didn't do all that and I could care less. I just wanted to sign my paper and, and, <laughs> and, and, and know that I was uh, safe and secured with, uh, with my spot with Alabama. Okay. So I want to get into NIL a little bit deeper here and I, I, it's confusing to me exactly how this works. Right. Um, look, last year, according to Fox Sports, a total of nine hundred and seventeen million was spent just on football and men's basketball in NIL. The average football deal was thirty four hundred. And we've, we've talked about the, the collectives. Right. And these are uh, groups that are typically founded by alumni of the school uh, to fill to uh, facilitate methods of fundraising to be directed to the school's athletes. So, Matt. Um, or Christian. So when you hear uh, recruiting analysts say, well, they got if they can pony up some NIL money, maybe they can get the, this recruit to flip. Okay, but it's the coaching staff is not in charge of that, correct? Not at all. They're not even really supposed to be associated with And so with it's, it's, it's uh, ostensibly a graduate of the school. They're asking and, Christian and, Miller but, for but, money, but but I'm just I'm, I don't understand <laughs> how I just don't me, understand man. how it works. <laughs> like, Not l- a dime let's for say me. that um, let, let's say that Hugh Freeze uh, he's talked to a player. This player uh, wants uh, you know fifty thousand a year. I'm just throwing out a number. So does Hugh Freeze then contact the collective to say, hey, uh, we can get this guy if you guys can get him fifty thousand in NIL money. Yep. I don't know if you freeze does it. I would well, think no, right saying, now, not, no, but I, I, I would think, think right now, wouldn't the aggression come from the player, his family, his uncle, his agent, and they would know who to contact with and, and, and who's in charge of the collective. But look, they, are they, the they, coaches look, in they, yeah, are the, look, they, 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 trust me, they have all that stuff in the place. They, it might not necessarily be Hugh freeze picking his phone up and, and calling somebody, but look, these kids, they know what they're doing. They're speaking to whoever they're speaking with, um, whoever's that ambassador for them, whether it's a recruiting person upstairs, whether it's a, a coach, assistant, whoever. They, they, they listen. They're they're making, they're throwing out these numbers. Hey, this this is what so and so is offering. This is what this is what we need to come. And and it's just ridiculous because again, I'm all for people you making money with the, with their name, image, and likeness. I did a whole project on it when I, in my master's program. I was a proponent for it before this even was even an actual thing, and I mentioned this model. However, I never was referring to anything like uh, pay to play as in pay to come to school here, bribing and goading kids, to, to enticing them with money, and using their families, using the, the their children to get money. It's ridiculous. Now, when you're in the program, you've signed, and you're using your name to do endorsements, you're going and doing autograph signings, they're selling merchandise with your name, sure. But this whole, oh, well, and I'm just, this is a hypothetical. I'm making this up. Oh, a kid says, oh, well, Florida State paid me. They offered me a hundred grand to come there. What can you do? I mean, at what point? I mean, that's, that literally <laughs> is what they were trying to prevent. I mean, and now they're just allowing it. Isn't that, yeah. 
isn't that what is exactly going on? Uh, kids are going to school. No, that's what that's what they're doing. The highest bidder. Yeah, no, that's that's okay. that's exactly yeah, what guys. they're doing, and they're not they're not paying any attention to the, the all they're worrying about is monetary value, and what they're they're not paying attention to is what actually can this school offer me? Do they have the right degree that that I'm, I'm interested in pursuing? How how do they treat their former players? Do they treat their former players with care? Do they take care of you when you're done playing? Like those are the things they should be paying t- paying attention to. They should worry about the NFL, not NIL. Like that money will come. You're if you if you play on the f- on the football field and you perform, you will have deals come. That's all allowed. Like if you're trying to find out where to go based off of money ahead of time, you, you're 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 making a huge mistake because that money will be there as long as you put the work in and you perform. You shouldn't be worried about that at 17, 18 years old. You should be worried about the right things. And you that is sad. I, I think. Uh, a prime example of this is the University of Miami. How in the world do they have the third best recruiting class? They got that class? big bucks guy. Yes, yes. They have uh, um, uh, John Ruiz. Yes. He owns Life Wallet and uh, the cigarette racing team, and he really is the, the, the poster guy for excess of NIL money. He's a billionaire. And he has signed over 115 Miami athletes to NIL deals of about seven million. And most of them are football players. But oh, they're yeah. already there, though, correct? Like those are the actual athletes on the team that are currently at Miami. Well, last year, last year I think that, he was using it to entice them. Yeah. Um, now I guess everybody knows it's available. Uh, I want to note something here, old man. Par- parenthetically, this. What's going on, and it's at a much larger scale, was going on in the 70s, guys, and the 60s. It's just you didn't talk about it. It was against NCAA rules. But you're talking about the bidding process? It went on. So-and-so is going to get a car, and his parents are going to get a job to go here. And then they would ask, uh, what's the next one? Um, And now you can talk about it. You can do it, and everybody – I don't want to say above board because I really don't believe it is. But when you hear, what was the number about Texas? 280-something? Uh, yeah. For their, for their class to that. sign tomorrow, right? hmm Don't you think uh, like three million of that, which boosts your average, is Manning? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Texas also has that... Uh, uh, yeah, and Texas, every offensive lineman on scholarship gets 50000 annually through a program called the Pancake Factory. And the amount caps at, at 800000 the amount caps at 800000 which covers 16 scholarship linemen. And it's, uh, and, and, and look, it's from the collective, it's called Horns with Heart. And, These are all really clever and they, names, they, by the way. they intend to expand <laughs> to other position groups. You know, horns with heart. They're gonna. They're there's so much money in Texas. It's it's just ridiculous. But um, the, so horns with heart is paying uh, the, the offensive lineman base salary. And that's what it is. It's a salary of fifty thousand. But now they're going to expand to other position groups. Kickers, yeah, <laughs> holders. My favorite. My favorite Texas Texas kicker, Dicker, the kicker. <laughs> He's still in. The, he's play, He's doing really well in the NFL. What was the guy's name? Ursleben. Do you remember him? 
Russell Urchley. Yeah. He was a good one. I read an article. I, I thought this was come from? I don't. Texas kickers. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> uh, there was an article I read this morning about five programs. This is not necessarily based on the ratings of their incoming, but it's just that will have a huge impact. They're going to have really, really good years for their program. And none of these are going to really surprise you, but there is something. There's a common thread here. I want you guys to pick it up, and I'm sure you will. USC. Ohio State, UCLA, Texas, and Oregon. Uh, big markets. Well, well, that's true. But three of those teams are leaving. One of them's going to the SEC, Texas. I mean, doesn't that, when you're going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, your money goes up too, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's why there's... Uh, uh, you, you're seeing different universities trying to get into either the SEC or the Big Ten. Dollars, baby. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately ultimately, we're just going to have two super conferences. And two? Maybe three. I don't know if the ACC survives. Um, uh, not. Yeah, you're right. Probably not as the ACC. constituted, yeah. It will be... There's, it really makes your head spin, metaphorically, uh, to just try to grasp all of the changes going on, and we'll focus on college football, with NIL, transfer portal, uh, conference realignment, playoff expansion. Uh, Christian, do you think these changes are good for college football? Yes and no. Um, I feel like they can be good um, when, uh, you know, performed correctly and managed correctly um, with the right, you know, constraints on everything. Uh, but as of now, I, I feel like it's kind of like the wild, wild west. You know, it, it just it just blows me away that we went from, I, I mean, I couldn't even have somebody buy me a sandwich. That was illegal. I mean, I was... Um, you know, potentially facing a suspension if someone bought me a sandwich and now all of a sudden it's legal for kids to get, you know, bids to go to school and offered all this money, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, how do you go from a $3 sandwich being illegal to $300,000 just being fair overnight? That makes no sense. I re- it makes no sense. <laughs> None. I mean, Matt, I, I remember everyone talk about the $100 handshake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hundred bucks, man. Who cares about a hundred bucks when you're making one point oh, five million? I'd still take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But right now, you don't have to handshake. You can just tape it to their forehead. <laughs> I think big news sports. We need to. Truth. We need to get some nil money. Yeah, let's let's strike an well, nil deal. Right There's now, we're not giving it. any. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have our own collective here in a year. Yep. Okay. <laughs> then we'll rule. All right. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. That's Christian Miller. He's at Tide in Tuscaloosa. Lars and Matt are right here in Homewood, Alabama. And coming up next, from On3, Bama Insider is Clint Lamb. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Roll Tide. The best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama, Alabama sports. sports. Tide. 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Football is back, and no one does it better than the sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. This season, you can watch the games with nothing on the line. Boring. Seven. Tomorrow, a warmer day with a mix of sun and clouds, the high 56. And Thursday, becoming cloudy with a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to the show, it's Big News Sports. Lars Anderson, and Matt Coulter. Joined now by On3 Sports, Clint Lamb. Clint, uh, I want to ask you a quick question about something. I saw that you had wrote, and it was uh, talking about, you know, the, the latest recruiting class and how it's pointing towards, you know, that return to the physical style of football. And uh, what, what, what else do you think is telling with the, this recruiting class? I mean, you mentioned the, the big physical guys. I mean, I don't even know the average, but it looks like majority of these offensive linemen they're bringing in are 6'6 six, six plus, 330 plus. I mean, they've got, yeah, big, strong guys coming in. Um, I'm looking at the defensive line. It, it, to me, from what I've seen, I've watched some of these guys. I'll be covering signing day tomorrow with Chris Stewart. Looks like they've got some athletic guys, um, both interior and exterior guys, um, from what I've seen on film. What are your thoughts on on that group? You know, the defensive linemen that they're bringing in. Yeah, I think it's an impressive group. Uh, I think it's an underrated group, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I think a guy like Jordan Renaud, uh, I think he's going to end up being one of those players that can play inside and out. You know, he might end up being listed as a, a defensive lineman rather than a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Or they might have him listed as a linebacker, but I think he has the versatility, uh, or at least the potential versatility to play inside and out, like you've seen a lot of these other guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that if they could land a guy like James Smith tomorrow, that would be huge for their defensive line. Uh, he's an impact player. I think he would immediately contribute to the rotation. Uh, and, and really just looking at their defense in general, the defensive front certainly, you know, I would probably say that it's, uh, you know, from a, some fans are concerned with a lack of star power. James Smith would certainly help with that. Jordan Hall, maybe if he ended up going Alabama rather than Georgia, even though I think he'll probably end up going uh, to Georgia, that would certainly help the perception. But I really like the group. When you start looking across the board, a guy like Hugh Russo, uh, who I think is a very impressive player, he could end up going to Alabama very physical player you know he kind of uh plays with an edge and and, you know justin jefferson's a heat-seeking missile caleb downs is a guy you know very versatile uh, can do a lot of different things for you but he's also very physical uh in the way that he plays as well so i think defensively it's more of watching these guys play and seeing how they play with physicality Mm -hmm. and then offensively it's more of you look at the makeup of the class with a bigger offensive line that you would think would be able to move guys in the run game. All their players in their past, you know, few recruiting classes, or at least most of them, have been more finesse styles of offensive linemen. You know, even dating back to JV and Cohen and Seth McLaughlin and Terrence Ferguson and, and James Brockermeyer and Tommy Brockermeyer and you know even Pierce Quick and and uh, you know Tanner Bowles and Darian Dalcord. None of those guys were overly big, uh, but with the current crop of guys they've got coming in. I think they they can move people off the football. They're more power players. And then I think that with the running back duo they're bringing in, two of the top four in the country, that you are setting yourself up to be able to to run the football effectively with multiple running backs, to have a physical, you know, physically dominant offensive line. 
potentially, and then you can play your passing game off of that, and that really helps your defense as well. So that's kind of where I was going with the article. It is really fascinating to watch because I do think there's an emphasis on you know playing more physical. You know, Nick Saban talked about it all year with the offensive line and certainly with the defense as well. But just you didn't see you know the, the, the on either side of the football really kind of impose their will on the opposing defense. I think Alabama would like to get you know a lot closer to being more of that style like they were previously. I'm really interested in Caden Proctor, the five-star offensive lineman out of my neck of the woods, Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, he had, he's been uh, committed to Iowa for a long time, and but now he's sort of opened the recruiting back up. Uh, by most uh, uh, recruiting services, he's ranked as, as the top offensive tackle in this group. He's in, in this class, six foot seven, three hundred and thirty as an eighteen year old. Wow, six foot seven, three thirty as an eighteen year old. <laughs> but he was just in Tuscaloosa and uh, he was uh, uh, asked about his visit and he said, Hey, they don't have too many offensive linemen. I was looking at their depth chart. I think four or five of them left. <laughs> I really think Proctor is going to be uh, Alabama tomorrow. He's announcing it at eight forty-five tomorrow morning. Uh, what are your thoughts on Caden Proctor? And, and, I, and do you have any more of the backstory on him? Well, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of pressure to stay home on him, and I think that was a huge reason why he committed to Iowa. I'm sure he has a huge love for that program and would love to play for him. But when you're talking about your your NFL future and stuff, I was certainly done a good job of putting offensive linemen into the NFL. But I think there's more of an opportunity uh, to play on a national stage at Alabama and just the program. I mean, it, it is still considered the premier program in college football. I know Georgia's quickly catching up, but Alabama's kind of still the gold standard on that front. They have a great offensive line coach who a lot of people love in Eric Wolford. And I think that he likes where Alabama's taking it. Like, you look at guys like Elijah Pritchett and, and Tyler Booker, those are very physically imposing offensive linemen. They're bigger guys. They can play guard or tackle, but they just play with a nasty physical demeanor. And, and you know, a guy like J.C. Latham, you know, I think that he's a lot more finesse, even though he's kind of up there as far as his size. He's like 6'6", 325, or 320, something like that. But I would still say he's more of a, a predominantly more of a, a pass blocker and more of a finesse player, a really good athlete. And I think that Alabama has put a huge emphasis, like I said previously, on getting more physically dominant offensive linemen, guys that could just move, you know, opposing defenders off the football and create a new line of scrimmage a couple of yards downfield. And Proctor certainly fits that bill. So you start throwing him in there with some of these other guys they've been recruiting. And you've got a chance, you know, to kind of recapture some of what they had maybe 2019 and 2020. You know, I always loved the fact that Jedrick Wills played with that same kind of edge. It was probably one of my favorite things about him, not only coming out of high school, but then once he got to Alabama, he continued to play that way. And Alex Leatherwood was a heck of a player. And just really across the board, Landon Dickerson was certainly a guy that played with a lot of nastiness and, and, and edge. And I think that Alabama's looking for more of that. So Proctor, just from a talent standpoint, is a good athlete at his size but he's also just a very physical football player that loves playing the sport of football. And I think that's something else that Alabama's wanting to get, you know, a little bit more of is guys just who have a huge passion for the game and, and really want to do all the little things that it's going to take to get them back on top. And I think, you know, I don't know Proctor personally, so I couldn't really speak to his character with a definitive tone, but I could also say that based off of other people I've talked to, that he really loves the sport of football and, you know, you're going to get a guy who really goes up there and goes to work every day. So if, if he ends up choosing Alabama and choosing Tuscaloosa, I think he'd be a great fit, and uh, it would be a great signing day addition for the Crimson Tide. 
I get kind of curious about a team and their schedule, especially during the holidays. Do you know what Alabama's doing right now and their plans and the travel down to New Orleans? Uh, guys like me just curious about that. When are they practicing? Oh, they've been practicing. Yeah, they, they kind of got started. Um, been practicing for a few days now. And, you know, we've gotten some great conversation with some of these players. It's been crazy to have heard the just when asked about why they chose to play or participate in the bowl game from Will Anderson and Bryce Young yesterday and then guys like Brian Branch today. Just these are all star players. I mean, especially Young and Anderson. They're projected to go in the top ten. And yet when they get asked about, you know, why are you choosing to play, I don't think anybody would have really blamed them had they chose to set out. And yet they're right there with their teammates. Even though it's, I wouldn't say it's significant injury risk, you know, they're going through practice every day. So that's, you know, you've got thir- uh, some risk there. And then, of course, when you get into a live football game, anything can happen. But they're not really worried about what can go wrong. They're more so focused on what can go right. And that's, you know, not only setting an example, Will Anderson talked a lot about being, uh, you know, being the kind of player that fo- actually follows through with what he says. He's not really wanting to be all talk. He also wants to, to walk the walk as well, and he's certainly doing that by participating. And then with with Bryce Young, I mean, it's more of just getting one more opportunity to play with your brothers. And this is a team that's never going to get to to play again. And I know they didn't achieve a lot of their goals that they had set out for, you know, prior to the start of the year. But this is a great way for them to you know kind of finish up. So from you know a practice standpoint and stuff, I think it's great. Um, they've already kind of started practicing. And I guess they'll continue on and then move things down to New Orleans. Clint, I like uh, that that comparison you gave earlier for Caden Proctor. When I was watching him on tape, that, that's who I kind of uh, uh, brought him to, and, and and he reminded me a lot of Jedrick Wills, who you had mentioned. That's those are the two kind of comparisons. I I think you know they both play with that mean streak, but they also Caden shows a lot of that that snatch and slap technique where he's you know swatting the the uh, rushers' hands down and kind of putting their face in the ground. Jedrick used to love doing that, <laughs> so I, I saw a lot of similarities there, but. I just wanted to ask you about a, a guy you just mentioned too, and Brian Branch. I, he hasn't mentioned his decision on whether he's going to return or, um, you know, enter his name in the NFL draft. What would your call be on that? Do you see him entering the draft, and, and how do you think he projects at the next level? You know, I, I know he, he gets a lot of attention now, but um, I feel like he's one of those guys that that he, he really makes an impact when he's on the football field. And I, I I see him having a really good career uh, moving forward in the NFL. Oh, I've absolutely loved Brian Branch. Um, I've really loved him from day one. And, and I've just, I've seen him continue to get better and better each and every year. And I think that that's something that you're looking for if you're an NFL evaluator is our guys moving in the right direction. Um, and, and he's certainly one of those guys. And just the versatility that he brings to your defense, you can do so many different things with him. Like Alabama needed more, uh, you know, run stoppers, I guess, guess who, guys who could help stop the run against Mississippi State because of some of the things they were doing to try to run out, run Alabama out of that three-man front. And instead of doing that because they were a little bit short on defensive line, and they just started sending Brian Branch a ton. And he was creating havoc in the backfield. And that's just – when you've got that kind of piece, so you can kind of ask him whether it be in coverage, whether it be, you know, sending him on blitzes, stopping, you know, creating negative plays in the backfield, being a sure tackler. He's one of the most sure tacklers I've ever seen in college football – uh, he brings all that to the table. And so I personally think he, he should be going in the first round. Now, have we seen similar style players like an Xavier McKinney, uh, you know, drop to the second round? Sure. Uh, we've also seen players like Mika Fitzpatrick, who I think, you know, they're not the same player by any means, but I think the versatility and just 
as a, a defensive coordinator trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to deploy this guy on a week-to-week basis? Because, you know, Minka early in his career, he, he kind of wanted to focus more on playing one position. They tried to move him around a little bit too much. But Brian Branch certainly brings that ability. And I do think that he's a first-round talent. And if I were him, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's making the call on the NFL stuff. But I think he's a first-round talent. And I would probably, you know, go ahead and get to the NFL. Good stuff. Clint, how do people follow you? Yeah, you can follow me at Clint R. Lamb on Twitter, or you can uh, get on over to the uh, Talk Champions message boards on BamaInsider.com. Uh, we got a lot of great conversations happening every day over there, and certainly going through the next couple of days with uh, signing day coming up tomorrow. Have a great week, and if we don't talk to you before, have a very, very Merry Christmas. You guys as well. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. Clint Lamb with us on... Big Noon Sports. Hey, uh, I'm sure that Christian and Lars and Joe Gaither are going to love to hear this, but I have positive comment on World Cup next. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. At the Home Depot, we have the tools to make gift-giving magic for all the DIYers on your list. If they prefer working on real home... Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson... Appreciate everybody dialing us in. And by the way, it's over the holidays. You're going to be out and about and in your car. You're going to be listening. Um, tell your family and friends. And Merry Christmas. Yesterday, we went into depth about the World Cup and Argentina defeating France. And uh, what an exciting sports contest that was. I was watching some television last night. And the guy said, it's not just the greatest soccer game in World Cup history. It's the greatest sporting event ever. So it's receiving that kind of accolades, and we went back and forth on it. You know, Christian and Lars are, are big soccer guys, me not so much. But I saw something last night that was just really cool and impressive. It was a drone shot of Buenos Aires. Mm. Have you seen this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two million people all surrounding what looked to be like a Washington monument. But... I didn't see any fires. There were no couches on fire. There no, were no, no cars overturned. I didn't even see fisticuffs. It was pure joy. And that right there, Matt, that's the magic of sports. Brings the entire country together, and it uplifts. It uh, it, it makes you proud to be an Argentinian. Uh, I just I love everything about it. Everything. It was, uh, it was very, very cool. Um, by the way, American sports fans and your teams, you can take a little take a little hint from these people. <laughs> it is possible to have a celebration and a very, very large one without punching somebody in the nads. <laughs> That's true. Sorry. I guess that was a little graphic, but um Okay. I want to shift gears here real quick. Uh you and I were talking about this in the break, Matt. Deion Sanders. Uh he's now the head coach at Colorado. And there are reports, uh, and this was first reported by The Athletic, by Grace Rayner and Manny Navarro, and they do a really good job. 
that at least 13 players in Colorado's class of 2023 have had their scholarships revoked by Deion Sanders. How long has he been the coach? Two weeks? Yeah. Christian. The player a day. Uh, Christian, what are your thoughts on this? It, it, it's, it, it's, it's really, I think it's more nuanced than Dion is doing a horrible thing. I mean, it, he is the coach. He wants to bring in his own guys, mm-hmm. and he is. He's, he already said it in his first meeting, hey, my son's coming, and he's going to be the starting quarterback. You know, okay. Uh, <laughs> the five-star player from Jackson State. There's a bunch of dudes from Jackson State who are going to Boulder, Colorado. And by the way, it is cold in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> Not like Jackson, no, Mississippi. They're going to be dealing with weather. But, but Christian, how do you feel about this as, as a former player? You know, uh, it's unfortunate for those guys, and you know, I feel for them. Um, but the reality of it is it's completely legal. And, you know, he's you know, the newly acquired head coach, and there's a lot of expectations for him. Partly in due, uh, and those are part you know self-imposed expectations because you know he he shows up and he shows out like he likes to say and uh, he like he said I'm coming we're coming <laughs> so he he's yeah. in a position where he has to put out a good product on that football field he doesn't have a choice and uh, people are expecting that so he's going to look to do everything that he can he's going to bring in all the coaches that he can and he wants the best players. Um, possible, and so it's very unfortunate for those guys who, you know, work for those scholarships. But um, again, it's legal, and it's it's not that this doesn't happen. This happens frequently, just not at this magnitude. You know, I, I I've never seen it at this level. <laughs> but again, yeah. it's, it's 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 fair, and uh, it's legal. So it, it is what it is, unfortunately. But hopefully, those guys find some new homes, and I think most of them will. In fact, probably all of them will. But. Um, yeah, just kind of unfortunate for the guys. Yeah, and here's just one example of what is going down there. This is defensive end Carson Mott. Um, he, had, you know, he committed to Colorado, and uh, Dion takes over. And Dion, no one, Dion, nor did anybody in his staff call him. It was somebody from the athletic department, and they told this kid. Deion Sanders doesn't want to honor your commitment, and they hung How'd up. Would you like phone. to be the person in charge of that duty? Oh man, that is duty. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, here, they could do a lot better. It, it than bothers that. me that it. Yeah. yeah, you're you're. Hey, Dion ought to pick up the dang phone himself. That's Dion right. also also, if he doesn't do it personally, they should help the kid maybe find some other place. Right. Yeah. Um, but. Here's what I worry about when you're doing it in these numbers and you're just uh, you're just tossing these scholarships away. Is part of that because of the transfer portal? Oh, well, I didn't like this backup left left tackle. I can go to the transfer portal and I can find one from Alabama. Yeah. Um, look, Colorado knew when they hired Deion Sanders that this is a hire unlike any other and uh, sweeping changes were coming. And uh, they, <laughs> I, I, I give the the AD at Colorado credit because they have let Dion be Dion. They have they, they here the program is yours. You can mold it in your own image. You can do whatever you want. And uh, and and you're you're right, Christian. I mean, he is. You can't fault him for using. He's playing by the rules. 
right? And and he's using the resources that he has, but it's hard not to feel bad for the players. Um, but but Christian, sort of a, a larger question here: Do you think Deion Sanders will be successful at Colorado? You know, that's tough to say, and I've been you know trying to trying to figure that out uh, when I first saw that he was hired because. Um, I definitely think he will be successful. Now, will it translate to that almost instant impact that he had at Jackson State? That I'm not sure um, because you're moving to a, a you know a, obviously a Power Five school. You know, in Colorado, you're going to be playing against uh, Lincoln Riley in Southern California. You know, UCLA is not a bad team, and what you got like was it Washington or Washington State is not bad. Oregon, yeah, Oregon, yeah, um, okay. and so he's starting with a team that last year or this past season. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was one in eleven. They won one football game. No disrespect yeah, to the, really those guys, bad. but they were like, yeah, yeah they're bad. <laughs> so um, I, I, I think he, yeah, I, I, you know, what I really like about him, and again, he's a lot different in terms. I just mentioned earlier about how I, I kind of, you know, stay out of the limelight. I'm not too big on all that attention now. But I, the, the thing I do really like about him is, you know, if you watch his you know, initial meeting with those players, he's he's old school mentality. No hats in the meeting, no phones, no like. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that we enforce no at Alabama. Yeah, no earrings. And, like, you know, we, oh. can't, we can't wear hats or caps, not even just in meetings, not even, like, upstairs when you're, like, around the coach's office. And they, they have a rule. You're not supposed to wear hats or hoods in the building. You know, someone will ask you to take it off. Uh, we definitely cannot have phones in our meetings. And I'm sure a lot of places do similar things. But just that, 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 that level of, uh, of discipline and that old-school mentality I feel like is, is, is very beneficial and it's it's not only to be a good football player, but also to to to, to um, develop young men, and I really like that uh, about him. So I, I do feel like he has success. Now, how long will it take? That I'm not sure, but I feel like ultimately he will have success. How's that going to go over in Colorado in in the Pac-12? Uh, I would excuse me. I'm going to get geographical on you. Those kids aren't used to that kind of discipline, are they? Mm. A kid a kid from Portland is he going to? Uh, <laughs> But, but it, sound, it, stuff? Sounds, it sounds like on sideways and you, it sounds like a lot of the guys bring a lot of kids from, from the down south. south. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say well, and Florida, <laughs> you know, Alabama's and Georgia. Get ready for man, some snow. They're gonna get very, very cold. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, continuing on my point here, what you guys just said, he's this is why I think he's gonna be successful. He's gonna get talent. If he has, goes to the south, which he is, he's gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Let's keep in mind over the next few years. The two arguably most powerful teams in that conference for the last 100 years. Where are they going? SEC, Big Big Ten, Big Ten. Uh, so the <laughs> competition drops, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that plus, he went 11 and one this year at Jackson State, and he lost his bowl game by a touchdown. And I'm actually he wasn't a coach, so he was undefeated. But obviously, he, it seems to me he can do the X's and O's. And he has the components that make up a winning football coach slash program. So it is not going to surprise me if this team plays closer to 500 this year and is bowling in a year. It's, it's going to be fascinating to watch because uh, I think it kind of, I mean, this is obvious, but it, it, I think it, it could go either way. It could it could be this grand. Which way are you leaning? Uh, I think it will work as long as he can keep that sort of pipeline from the south coming. <laughs> like, look, I was just in Nebraska, man, and it's like you're on the the, the uh, a wasteland. Uh, there's nothing there other than snow and cold. 
feel like you're on the, uh, you know, I, I have, I, I stepped on the edge of the earth today, this morning, right? It was just freezing, ice everywhere. And, and you just, you don't have that uh, here in the South, obviously. But, but I'm telling you, weather is a, I, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't weather play a factor in recruitment and where you ultimately want to go play college football? I think so. I know one thing. I did not want to go anywhere where it's <laughs> going to be snowing all the time. I hate the cold. I'd much rather rather be hot than cold. So, in my opinion, I think that does play a big factor. Well, yeah. how does Michigan do? They get big boys from Detroit who don't care about <laughs> the weather. Well, they're used to it. Uh, in fact, that'd be an interesting look to see uh, on Ohio State and Michigan's roster. How many really do come from the South? Well, winning makes they have things a tough better time too. talking them into. Let's it. remember that winning makes yeah, things uh, a lot better. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. Uh, hey, uh, speaking of Jackson State, Alabama plays Jackson State tonight at six o'clock. Got a couple other final notes when we come back on Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Fincher and Osmond Christmas wish from Tom Osmond. I wish your family peace and good health. I wish you a season of generosity and grace. At Tomorrow, a warmer day with a mix of sun and clouds, the high 56. And Thursday, becoming cloudy with a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big News Sports. Uh, just for the break, we just uh, mentioned how much weather does it have a factor in where you go, particularly in where you were raised. And Lars did a pretty deep dive in a pretty short time. Michigan has how many? Three players from the South. From the South. <laughs> now, Ohio State's number is a little higher. 15. Mm. Um, so Ohio State recruits down uh, down in this area, and uh, Harbaugh is just like no. But it's interesting where you where you look at where the Michigan players come from. They're all it's all cold weather states. Right. It's Idaho. It's Connecticut. It's Jersey. It's New York. It's uh, uh, even Ohio, Wyoming. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's crazy. It, it is all just sort of above the Mason Dixon line. That's, well, and, our, and you know, look, hey, and there have been t- the teams from the Midwest have been saying for years, why can't we play for the national championship in outside in in <laughs> uh, de- in Detroit, Michigan, uh, you know, in mid January? Well, I think first <laughs> of all, you're probably uh, I don't know if, if if Alabama plays at Iowa. Oh, Alabama fans will travel anywhere. Um, one thing, being outside also affects the fans. Um, I I don't know. I think talent would eventually prevail. But uh, it's interesting. What we need to do next is see how many players from Alabama and Auburn are from north of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, because I, I'm betting you that that's not a real high number either. Uh, although Alabama can go Florida, Texas, California and, yeah. and get players there too. So... Um, so, uh, as we wrap this show up, I do want to remind you, huge bowl, speaking of Idaho, 
this yeah. evening. You got Eastern Michigan, San Jose State. I don't know enough about those teams. Do you know who's favored? I, I have I'm going to say up. Eastern Michigan. Okay. San Jose State is favored by oh. four and a half. Don't bet that game, Lawrence. Well, you know what? I love uh, those teams from the MAC. They just play yeah. hard. Yeah, they, they play do. tough, and I, I and I, I don't know anything about either of these teams, but I, I just I love the the MAC. Christian, when you were uh, at, at Alabama, did you guys watch the the MAC action on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights? Um, no. If I'm being, no. If I'm being honest, with I you, think he just we, answered. Well, well, yeah, I was. I mean, we we we'd be in practice and then study hall, and yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yeah, I I don't think so. Not not often, no. Well, I'm a big Mac guy. I'm sorry. So there you have it. <laughs> Is that for McDonald's or for the actual athletic conference? For the uh, Mid Atlantic. Last time you had a Big Mac. I've never, oh. I've never had one. <laughs> really? I seriously have never had one. I, I, I've eaten McDonald's maybe once in my life. Wow. My kid, I take my kids. I take, I take my kids all the time. I, I don't eat there, but I mean, as, uh, guess when I was younger, I did. Uh, if I, I were to choose a fast food joint, it wouldn't be McDonald's. <laughs> Sorry, I guess I just lost some potential sponsorship <laughs> if you go fast food where do you go christian i go everywhere but i love i love chick-fil-a big fan of chick-fil-a it's hard to go wrong with that i think guthrie's is pretty good too mm-hmm. um yeah um some you? of the some of the stuff um i just don't go that much uh, last time I went, I went to Milo's, and that's fast food, but it's also kind of a local flavor to it. So, hey, Matt, uh, Matt, yes, sir. I, I, I want to ask you. I, I saw real quick. There's a guy who just was granted his ninth year of eligibility. Nine. Yeah, I saw that total. Too. How? I mean, <laughs> who was it? Last week we were talking about somebody who was amazing who was getting seven. Right. Then this guy just doubled him yeah. up. Oregon tight end Oregon tight end Cam McCormick granted ninth year of eligibility. I mean, looked to me like of course he had the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> what would that make him? Twenty six, twenty seven? Oh yeah. man. Nine plus eighteen, yeah, about twenty seven. Wow. Whoa. Uh, like it looked to me like <laughs> two years he got two medical yeah, um, and then, then he had like the, almost two yeah. red shirts too. I don't and know. Get in the COVID year. Yep. Wow. Well, there's three, and then I guess four. That's I still got to get the other two in there somewhere. Anyway, hey, uh, everybody, have a wonderful day. Be careful shopping. Watch the weather. It's going to continue to get cold. And thank you to Josh and Joe and all of the producers of this pro- program. We call Big Noon Sports. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet.